One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. everybody welcome to the afternoon here on Ausbiz and as usual we kick it off with the call uh, 10 stocks that you've suggested that we take a look at I put them to an expert panel for adjudication I chuck in a bonus stock of the day a company that's been in the news uh, a panel today uh, Francesco Destratus from Ords uh, Francesco welcome Good, David. How are you doing? Yeah, doing very well. And Michael Gable from Fairmont Securities is here in our Brangaroo studios. Michael, good to see you. Thanks, David. Good to be back. Good weekend. And yep. Yep. Fighting fit and uh, ready to. It's a big week actually of annual meetings and things like that, isn't it? Yeah, keeping uh, us on our toes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's uh, kick off with the stock of the day, one that I thought we'd take a look at, and um, it's in the ca- agricultural space, elders. Uh, full year net profit and revenue uh, marching higher announced this morning uh, with expectations of excellent trading conditions to continue in the year ahead saying it's well positioned for growth with supply chain constraints being managed with forward orders and risk diversification payout also getting a boost up to 22 cents a share Uh, The stock comes up quite a bit on the show, but is often seen by experts as uh, a bit risky and and very cyclical. And so do these results change the elders story? It's it's been put to me that elders is like uh, an Australian agricultural ETF. Um, (laughs) But it seems it has a bit of everything in agriculture. It's got its finance arm, it's got its property arm, it's got its grain hauling arm, it it owns farms. So um, uh, all of the Australian agricultural sector is sort of summed up in elders. Um, Francesco, what did you think of the result and what's the view on the stock at the moment? Yeah, it's interesting what you say there. I mean, elders sort of clips the ticket on everything uh, through the agricultural space, uh, even you know, trading uh, you know, farms and properties and things like that. So they're in the real estate business, uh, mortgage business, um, you know, and, but, but I think the key to it is, is the agricultural supplies uh, and services. Uh, look, I thought it was a great result, 22% higher. Uh, conditions have been very good for the agricultural sector, particularly over on the East Coast. Um, they're expecting that to continue in the next year. Um, you know, cattle prices and cheap prices, uh, they're saying that they see those as remaining high. Um, I'm no expert on the agricultural side of things, but, um, you know, this all stacks up for me on where it's trading at the moment. I mean, the, the share price has pretty much gone sideways for the last 12 months. Um, you know, if they can deliver another, you know, even 10%, growth next year on top of the 22% this year, um, I think it's trading relatively, um, well, it's presenting good value, trading around 12 times at the moment and probably, you know, if it delivers 10%, mm. you're looking at 10 to 11 times. So it doesn't look too bad. Uh, they're, they're only paying out um, about 50% or 42% of their uh, earnings, which is fine, which means they're reinvesting in the business, but that delivers a 3.5% fully frank dividend, you know, which to me, I think is attractive. Uh, we don't have coverage on it, but I do like the looks of it. I think it's probably worth um, you know, uh, a position in people's portfolio. Um, okay. The only thing is, obviously, weather patterns are going to be uh, potentially concerned. We're seeing a bit of flooding in New South Wales at the moment. Not sure how that will, um, whether that will be a negative or, or, or neutral impact on, on the business. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, Michael, because... Um in a business like this, to make a prediction <laughs> into the year ahead is pretty hard. You're really in yeah. the lap of the gods, aren't you? But uh, but a great great result. Sort of, we're mm. obviously over the drought at the moment, and elders yep. is is benefiting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you mentioned before these stocks are very cyclical and risky, but that risk goes both ways, of course. So you don't want to be holding elders when you have the drought and everything's going against you. But when 
you know, you're in the sweet spot in terms of weather and, and livestock prices, etc., then that's the time to, to be there. And that's what we're seeing now with this, with this business. So, you know, their sales are up, earnings are up. Sure, their costs were up, but, you know, it looks like the result was a bit better than what um, everyone was expecting. And, um, you know, it's hard to predict the weather, but it does seem like we'll have a, a fairly wet uh, summer and that would be beneficial, providing it doesn't doesn't flood for elders. So yeah, look, it is in a sweet spot at the moment. Um, you know, the, as as we speak, the shares are up uh, about a percent, so the market seems to like it. I'd I'd be happy to to hold elders here. Um, yeah, the share price hasn't made much progress in the last year, but when I look at the way it's trading, it does seem like it's been unable to get through that sort of twelve fifty to. 1270 region so if I was to put my traders hat on I'd say well if this result is pretty good this might be the catalyst for it to actually clear that resistance level yeah and then and then it can have a bit of a run so I'd be happy to hold it here and and if it does clear that hurdle then I'd be happy to add to it to to buy at the same time um Francesco with cyclical stocks like this do you buy them now when things are going well or just sort of gird your loins and when everyone hates elders or there's um, droughts and whatever, that's the time to, to get set in them? Well, that's a good point you raise because ultimately, you know, when there is, um, you know, flood, drought, you know, fire even, um, you know, these, these stocks get severely neg- negatively impacted. Um, so... You know, at the peak of a drought, maybe when you start to put some of this sort of stuff in your portfolio. Um, you know, we do get questions all the time where clients want to get some exposure to agriculture. And, there's, you know, surprisingly in the Australian market, there's not a great deal of choice. Um, oh. But look, while they're performing well, um, I, I think there probably will be a bit of momentum on the back of, um, you know, this year. I wouldn't expect another 22% next year. Um, you know, farmers... Um, would like to have uh, you know great years every year, but that's just not the, the, the you know, just not the way things work. Um, but you know, I would expect that there is a bit of follow-on from that because of weather patterns. Um, okay. Not that I'm any weather expert, but you would expect that. Yep. All right. Uh, let's get into the stocks that you've asked us to have a look at, and uh, Michael Susie wants a view on Challenger. Uh, the big investment uh, group, uh, basically life and funds management uh, business, um, has sort of made a niche for itself in annuities, hasn't it, yep. um, in terms of managing uh, annuity incomes and pension incomes and, di- and different products. What do you think of Challenger? Yeah, that's that's right. And I, and I guess at, at, at the high level, we can see that that's been, I guess, a problem for this business over the last few years because interest rates have been heading down and people have been less likely to want an annuity and get a small percentage above the cash rate when yeah. you can have your money so in the share. Yep. So it's been difficult for Challenger and the share price has reflected that over the last few years. They had a quarterly update a few weeks ago. There weren't any nasty surprises by the looks of it. Um, their annuities business is still growing slowly. Um, we've seen a bit of an uplift in the share price. I think at current levels it's I think it's you know quite fully valued, maybe even slightly expensive right. for the business. I think you know in terms of positive catalysts, yeah. yes, if we do start to see increases in the RBA cash rate, that will potentially help Challenger. But I think those benefits are a little bit too far away for the moment to be uh, holding Challenger. Because you look at that five-year chart, it's been up to fourteen. It's down yeah. at seven, half the value. As you say, in an era of uh, incredibly low interest rates, that looks as though it's coming to an end. Inflation's on the rise. So if you're, mm. if you're looking for a... Do you put this here on your watch list of stocks that will benefit from higher interest rates and, and higher inflation? Um, there's, there's a number of moving parts, I mean, with, with this business. There's, there's other companies such as um, ComputerShare which benefit from... Right. higher interest rates, but they're already starting to okay. move. I think I think right. with Challenger, it's probably a bit of a, an oil tanker you've got to move around, right. try to turn around. Um, and I think that that'll be the case with the share price. I think right. I think you need to see quite a bit of, you know, quite, quite a number of uh, increases in, in the interest rates right. for, okay. for it to actually uh, make an effect with Challenger. Because as we've seen in the past with interest rate rises, the first few don't actually 
tend to make much difference to um, to share market returns. So I think you'll get better returns just generally in the share market right. for the next few years, and then maybe challenges one to okay. one to look at. Good point, uh, Francesco. What do you think of uh, Challenger? Yeah, look, I, I, I sort of agree with Michael. I, you know, from our point of view, the, I mean, the first quarter update, which came out um, in, in October, was was reasonably good. Um, but the share price is trading pretty much around where our analysts have got their valuation. So, so we're pretty much a hold on the stock. If, um, but, but like like you've said, you know, we're we're you know, we are at the bottom of the interest rate cycle. At some stage, it will turn. Um, you know, for those that are holding the stock, I'd be holding it for a bit longer term. Um, the other thing is um, uh, we're, we're awaiting a, uh, an appointment of a new CEO as well. So, you know, some investors are probably going to be reluctant to, to jump in until um, there's a new CEO appointment um, and see where, um, you know, the business strategy goes from there uh, and where the growth come from, growth will come from. Okay. So we're going to hold on to something. All right. Uh, and next stock is um, one that uh, Carly wants a view on, Francesco, and that's O Media, stands for Out of Home Media Company. Um, it is basically outdoor advertising uh, across Australia and New Zealand, 37,000 locations. Um, they're the big outdoor signs that you see on the side of, uh, uh, of motorways, in train stations, at the airports and uh, on the side of the road. Um, what do you think of O Media, Francesco? Yeah, uh, they're, they're trading on about 15 and a half times earnings. Um, yeah, the advert space outdoor, um, yeah, they break up in four, re- four areas, um, road, retail, fly and, 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 and placement if you like. Um, you know, I think the out-of-home ad, ad space is continuing to grow, but on these numbers, um, our, our analysts have got a whole recommendation on the stock. Um, I, like, I don't mind the business. I, I think you know, there, there's been a big shift in advertising um, over the last sort of decade or so to, to online advertising. I think it's probably gone a bit too far. Um, we'll start to see some of that come back. Um, but, um, you know, there's probably... You know, another reason for the whole recommendation is that you know, there's still probably a bit of uncertainty out there because of lockdowns and, and restrictions. Um, sort of not obviously with the fly side of things, airports. Um, you know, there's not a lot of people going through the airports, so it's a bit of uncertainty there. Um, on the roadside, um, you know, during lockdown, obviously people weren't travelling, but that will open up now that lock the the, the restrictions are starting to be lifted. People will holiday more locally, so. Um, some of that roadside advertising might um, might uh, charge a bit more of a premium to make up for other areas where it's been let down. But but where the, where, again, where the stock's trading and it's pretty much close to the valuation our analysts has got on. So we have a whole recommendation on it. Okay. Uh, Michael, what do you think of mm. O Media? A lot of the other traditional media companies, their share prices had a bit of a, a big increase, nine and seven and the like, and uh, Southern Cross to a certain extent. Yeah, that's that's right. So, you know, Omedia's been left behind a bit. The share price has been fairly range-bound in the last year. It's yeah. towards the top of that range. It's not really moving at the moment. So, I mean, my sentiments are fairly similar to Francesco's. I think it's fine as a hold. I think, it, you know, it is leveraged to to that reopening. And um, I know we've, you know, we've probably been saying these same things a year ago and then you know, mm. we encountered all the uh, the hurdles with the reopening, but I'd like to think this time it, it sticks and we're not going back into lockdown because of the vaccination. So, you know, they should have a, a better year next year um, and, you know, it should flow through to the bottom line. I don't know why the share prices are moving yet, so a little bit of a concern that the market isn't looking forward to that. But, look, ultimately, yeah, I, I think I'd be happy to hold and um, right. and look forward to to, to yeah. see what those effects will be. Yeah, yeah. okay. All right, uh, Michael Len wants a view on uh, Eagers, the big automotive group. They're in uh, car and truck retailing, also property investments. They're usually uh, one of the things that underpins the, these big car companies that they tend to own the property of where their uh, their dealerships are as well. So you have that as a, uh, an extra addition to it. Um, Eagers is... Share price is doing pretty well. The yeah. car prices of particularly used car prices gone through the roof. 
Yeah, exactly. In some cases, used car prices are about 30% higher than yeah. what they were about a year ago, crazy which is crazy. Yeah. yeah, so um, yeah, AP Eagers has benefited from that. So they've, you know, in terms of you know, consumers purchasing cars compared to purchasing holidays, that's, you know, been well documented. Um, the prices are high. The margins have been good for, for AP Eagers. Um, and we know that, that new car sales um, could potentially still struggle a bit longer because of the, the, the chip shortages mm. around the world. So, you know, again, this is a business that's, I guess, hit a bit of a sweet spot over the last year. It's all sort of come their way. Um, the average analyst target for this is about 35% higher than, than where the share price is now. So, I was going to say, you look at that share price now over the last two months... Um, it's down mm. sort of 30, 40%, is that? Yeah, and that, that was actually, yeah, that was going to be my next point. So very interesting to see the way the share prices is now starting to struggle, even though all the analysts seem to be quite bullish on the prospects, saying, basically saying, OK, all the good stuff that's happened so far should continue next year. They're basically extrapolating out. Um, but it seems like the market is in disagreement with the with the analysts because you know, especially in the last few days the share price has been sold down quite heavily mm. so there is a bit of profit taking um it just seems like it is very much a, a one-sided uh trade at the moment so it just doesn't leave uh it doesn't leave much room for for any sort of disappointment where you know we start to realize that people aren't spending as much on cars anymore because they are holidaying or they're doing something else with their money yeah. so um, despite this one apparently being quite cheap, according to all the analysts, I'd rather pay attention to what the market's doing and um, and be out of it because, okay. yeah, there is that disconnect at the um, moment. Claudia, can we have that five-year chart up again? Because I know, Michael, you look at the charts and the momentums and yep. things like that on it. Uh, I'm, I'm no expert, but you look at it down to 1369 and the, the dotted line across, is that... That's significant, particularly that high just before the end of um, start of 2019, and yeah. is 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 that reaching a really important point on the charts? Yeah, yeah, you're 100. percent So everyone's looking at that chart, thinking, okay, this is a level, this is the peak from 2019, um, and we may well get a bit of a bounce. And it'd be very interesting to see if we do get a bounce, if it's actually we actually get volume coming back in or if it's just one of those little right. dead cat bounces for for a few days so right. we could be at a critical junction here right and if it does bounce that that's a good sign for the it, it'd be it'd be a better so. sign yeah right yeah. if it breaks below then get out it's a complete re-rating yeah okay yeah. interesting francesco um what are what do the odds analysts think of ap eagers We've got an accumulate recommendation on the stock, um, and we did have while it was trading up around the sixteen dollar level as well. So um, it's even looking more attractive there, analysts. And, and I wouldn't disagree. Um, I sort of agree with some of what, what Michael said about sort of you know the the, the, the supply constraints. Um, I think demand's been elevated, and I think that is a result, partly a result of um, you know the COVID restrictions. Um, you know, a lot of people um, you know spend a uh, annual or biannual budget for travelling overseas, and, and that hasn't come to fruition over the last couple of years. And this is being spent on other items, and, and, and cars are one of them. Um, so, with with the supply constraints uh, and slightly elevated demand, obviously prices are higher. Um, therefore, you know dealerships like this, um, um, you know, can improve on their margins um, and generate better operating leverage. So, so I, I look, I think um, you know the, the share price is probably being treated harshly uh, um, or, uh, you know, incorrectly. Um, so this this might be seen as a bit of a buying opportunity. Um, you know, I'm not a chartist, but, you know, that, you know, looking at that chart, it could have a little bit more of a leg down, but I, I think that's just going to create better value. Um, and not only with the increased demand in, in, in new cars and, and straight supply, that obviously, has, as you guys mentioned, has, has increased demand for used cars which then in turn increases the demand for servicing. Um, so obviously a lot of these dealerships uh, not only make money out of uh, you know, selling vehicles, um, but the after-sale service is, is where um, they really make their bread and butter. So I, I think mm. there's some benefits there. Um, 
you know, without going into too much detail, look, I, I think it's looking like good value. Um, and but if you know, if it does have another leg down, it's going to be much better value. Um, you know, I can't remember what period it trades on, but um, um, yeah, look, I, I, I like the look of it, and I don't think the restrictions have have uh, you know been adverse to to APEGs either. Okay. All right. Um, interesting one. And, of course, the servicing with car dealerships um, builds an annuity into the business. Sell the car, you make a margin on that, hopefully. Right. Then you get them come, uh, the buyers back servicing and get a bit more yeah. along the way. Um, ben and wants... A- the servicing. So the servicing that, that you know, is not done at a discount, that's for sure. No, exactly right. We all know that one. We've all experienced it, haven't yeah. we? Um, Francesco, Ben wants a a view on Bluebet, the uh, the Australian bookmaker founded by Michael Sullivan, um, former chief executive of uh, Sporting Bet until it was acquired by William Hill. Solo's a bit of a character in the financial market, sort of a a bookie to the financial markets. Um, Bluebet's only recently been listed last couple of months. Uh, It's been a company since uh, 2015, um, got listed to build up a war chest to expand into uh, uh, wagering in the United States, which has become deregulated, uh, along with, it seems as like, hundreds of other uh, betting companies. Um, what do you think of Bluebet, Francesco? Yeah, look, I might disclose that um, odds were, were, were lead managers on this uh, IPO as well. So, yeah. um, um, you know, we do have a vested interest in there. Um, look, I, you know, there is, a, it's getting a bit uh, bit crowded, this space too. Um, a lot of competition in, in the betting industry. Um, look, these guys have done really well to build up their business in Australia. Um, they were profitable. Um, they will move into a, a net loss position over the next two years. With the investment and, and expansion into U.S. Uh, markets, um, they, they they raised 80 million. Uh, 30 million of that will be used to um, um, uh, expand the business into the United States. Um, and it's not open slathering in the U.S. It's a little bit different here. Um, in Australia, you get one license and you can operate across the whole country. Uh, in the U.S., uh, you know, as with a lot of uh, businesses, you need to be licensed on a state-based uh, licensing. So it'll be a gradual approach. They're, they're, they're um, uh, focusing on, I think, two or three uh, states to begin with to get licensing and get exposure. Um, I, I think there's real growth there in that US expansion, um, particularly when you look at the size of the market here in Australia and compare it to the size of the market in the US. And you've got to remember, um, the US um, is generally a bit slow in, in um, you know, moving into new areas of gaming. Um, You've got, got to only think back probably not too long ago that, that um, gaming on sports was illegal and the mafia used to make a lot of money out of gaming on football games. So, so they are a bit slower than, than other countries like Australia and the UK at moving into this uh, new, new, uh, new style of, of, of wagering. But... Um, Look, we expect it to return to profit over the next two years. So, um, yeah, we like the stock and we're going to buy it. Okay. Michael? Um, yeah, it looks like a, you know they've, the business has done really well. Um, you know, they're growing quite nicely, obviously, with the expansion. They've you know been, been debt-free, but obviously they're, they're going to move over into the U.S. now. Um, look, I don't know how sticky their customers might be. I, you know, I'm not an online gambler myself, so I don't know... Yeah. If, People that use these things tend to bounce from one or one to the other, but um, it looks like they're doing a really good job. The only the only thing I'd say is, um, you know, they have only just listed. The share price isn't really doing anything. It's not getting away from us. So yeah. I'd prefer to play safe and maybe wait for the, the half yearly results and just make sure they're hitting their prospectus targets as yeah. you know as I'd normally like to see with a. A new IPO and, um, and and make a decision then. But but from what I see with the business, they're you know they're okay. doing a pretty solid job. Okay, wait for that first result to come through. Um, Riley Michael view uh, wants a view on Trajan. Uh, hasn't come up on on the call before. It's a um, analytical science and devices company. Um, recent another recent listing. Uh, former Wallaby captain John Eels uh, is its uh, chairman. And um, um, it was uh, a founder-led business. They 
still have uh, husband and wife team still own 59% of the uh, the business, but they're in um, um, microscope slides, cover slips, analytical syri- syringes like the medical device area. Um, Michael, what do you think of Trajan? Um, I hadn't heard of this one no. before, but it looks like um, a pretty good business. I mean, this is another one that's recently IPO'd. Um, they had their full year results back in August and, and they were ahead of um, the prospectus target. Yeah. So, you know, you can tick that box off. But it only it only listed a couple of months um, Two, before then. $250 million dollar company, though. Yeah, it's, it's quite, decent quite size. It's like, yeah. yeah, and it, it looks like it's been around for, for only about 10 years. So yeah. they've done really well. So, look, the business looks really good. Um, they're, they're growing it quite nicely. Um, maybe it's looking a little bit expensive. I think they're they're looking to fund the next phase of their growth through acquisitions. So, again, I'd probably wait for the, the half-yearly results, just make sure that um, everything is still on track. Um, hopefully they've they've got something to announce between now and then in terms of an acquisition. I think if the market's sort of pricing that in and it doesn't come to fruition, then that, that would be a negative. Um, but, yeah, look, ultimately, solid company. Again, I'd just rather play safe and wait till those results yeah. next year. Uh, if you got into it, um, you've done all right um, mm. since the uh, the middle of May. Issue price was $1.70, today. Francesco, do you cover Trajan at, at odds? Uh, yes, we yes we do. We've got a whole recommendation. I'll just disclose again, we, we were a, a lead manager on this one as well. Um, look, it's a, a very interesting company. It's only been around since 2011. Uh, it's had some massive growth over that period of time. And, and look, you know, the aim of the company is to grow even further. Um, you know, and, and the, the capital raising of the IPO was um, to, to, to strengthen the balance sheet um, with a view to, to making more and more acquisitions. Uh, it's an interesting business. Um, think about biotech companies when they're um, um, doing their research and doing their testing uh, on a particular drug or a treatment. Uh, to get FDA approval or, or, or TPA approval here in Australia. Um, these guys run laboratories that do that sort of testing for uh, those small yeah. biotech companies that, that try to um, you know, get their drug or treatment uh, through through approval processes. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that work going on. It's fairly continual as well. Um, they also sell products as well for laboratories and, and biotech uh, sciences. So it's a, it's a fairly high tech company um, in the healthcare space. So anyway, looking at exposure in that healthcare space, uh, this is fairly unique in in its um, uh, proposition, I suppose. Um, and, and for people that are looking outside of things like CSL and that, um, gives you another option of a, a, a bio, type of biotech company that is um, of, of some particular size. But at the moment, I'd probably hold back a bit. Um, yeah, we've got a whole recommendation. So if you pick some up along the way, uh, we're happy holding it long term. Um, yeah, there might be some uh, you know, periods over the next sort of 12 to 18 months where you see a bit of weakness in the share price. That might create buying opportunities. But again, uh, it, it is a unique opportunity. Yep. Okay. Let's just uh, recap the first five stocks. And our stock of the day was Elders. And Elders, uh, uh, a yes, a buy from uh, Francesco, a hold from Michael. Uh, Challenger, a hold from Francesco, a, a no from Michael. O Media, a hold from both. Uh, Eagers, a buy from Ords, a no from uh, from Michael. Uh, same with Bluebet and uh, Trajan, a hold. Uh, from Francesco and a no from Michael. Um, Here on the call, we've been uh, following our own fantasy portfolio since the 1st of July last year. Any stock that gets two thumbs up from our medical, uh, from our expert uh, panel goes into our fantasy portfolio, which we follow thanks to our partner, NabTrade. Um, And let's see how it's going for the last week, up almost 2% for the month, 4%. 11% since the 1st of July this year and since inception, up, uh, which is 1st of July last year, up almost 50%. Uh, some of the stocks recently added by our expert panels, uh, Rhythm Biosciences, MedAdvisor, Seven West Media, Smart Parking and the Vanguard US Total Market Shares Index ETF. Some of the stocks that have come out, um, Southern Cross Media, Magnus Energy, 
Technologies, PWR and Hub24. And you can see all the stocks and ETFs in the Colts portfolio. Head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio and we'll keep tracking it each day and keep you up to date with it. Having an SMSF is hard? Well, think again. Set up your own SMSF completely online with Stake Super and invest your super with freedom. There's no paperwork and Stake does all the admin. You just focus on the investing. All right, our um, Ty Francesco wants a view on Capital Health, it's a, a diagnostic imaging service in the uh, healthcare market. These sorts of companies have uh, uh, had a really strong performance over the last couple of months. Um, this one's different in uh, that it, it sort of looks, um, uh, runs operations in regional areas, smaller states like Tasmania and, uh, and Western Australia. Um, what do you think of Capital Health, Francesco? Yeah, look, I, I do like the space. Um, we, we did have uh, Sonic Health, which is more of a global exposure to yep. the you know, diagnostic imaging and, and so forth. Uh, but we recently removed that from our portfolios. Uh, capital, I like. Uh, I, you know, I think it's, um, you know, particularly where the share price has come over the last couple of weeks, I think it's creating some, some opportunity for, for buying. Um, it, um, you know, it's, it's only small compared to things like Sonic and and Helios, which is the old primary healthcare, um, but growing. Um, there is another one in the market, IDX uh, Imaging, I think it's called. Um, these guys present uh, pretty well. You know, it trades on a relatively high PE, but most of these types of stocks will. Um, but um, you know, I haven't got much more to add on what you've said there. You know, a lot more regional um, um, imaging. Um, and what you'll find now is that. I heard on the radio this morning that um, uh, um, non-essential uh, non, non operations have started to pick up again and they're starting to get back to some sort of normality. Um, you'll start to see that these types of companies will need, um, you know, uh, well, the demand for, for their services will start to increase as the, uh, um, you know, non-compulsory surgery start to right. increase as well. Okay. So you like it at this price? Yeah, look, I, I, I wouldn't mind buying around these levels. Okay. Uh, Michael? Um, yeah, look, I, I actually like it at this this price as well. So, you know, lockdowns for the last six months, uh, you know, hurt the business a bit, of course. But as Francesco mentioned, as all that opens up, that's a positive um, for the company. They're, you know, they're, they're still looking to, um, uh, you know, they've got a fairly strong balance sheet. They're still looking to, to expand, uh, purchase more um, facilities around the country. So... Yeah, look, it's you know they're, they're trucking along quite nicely, so right. I think right. this is a good good level for it. Okay, all right, so I buy at this level as well from you. All right, um, Cal, Michael, <coughs> excuse me, uh, wants a view on corporate travel. The uh, uh, the big travel agency, as the name suggests, focuses on mm. more that business end of the market than Webjet or Flight Centre or Hello um, uh, corporate. Travel seems to uh, to not voc- focus more on um, on the, the pleasure travel, but the business travel side of things. Yeah, that's right, and they've um, they derive a lot of business in Europe, um, which is actually doing quite well over there in the US as well. So, um, I think when people look at the way corporate travels traded over the past year, they're they're quite surprised. It's continued to motor along despite lockdowns. Um, and that's, I think that's the main reason because of, because of that overseas exposure. So a little right. bit different to Webjet yeah. um, so and di- Flight di- Centre. Different countries have gone into different lockdowns at different times and yeah. it's had a finger in all those pies so it's been able to at least maintain some revenue. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, look, there was a bit of a, um, a sell-off in travel stocks back in September, but um, corporate travel's managed to, to bounce back better than the others. It's probably getting on a bit in terms of in terms of the price, um, you know, I think momentum's slowing a little bit in the share price. Look, I, I wouldn't be chasing it here to buy. I think if you're looking to um, make a make a profit from here on a travel stock, um, I'd rather go back and look at the flight centres or the webjets of the world. Yeah, I think okay. you get a bit more leveraged upside 
they're a bit higher risk. Um, as a hold, I'd, look, if I was in, if I was in corporate travel at these prices, I'd be happy to hold it. But I think the the trend is just uh, getting towards the top now. Because oh, these um, reopening travel stocks have been all the buzz, haven't they? They yeah. go for a bit of a run, then we go into lockdown again, and then they drop back, and yeah. now they've had, had a bit of a run again. So, yeah. um, do you have a pick of all the? The, the travel reopening stocks, you, you prefer um, the Webjets and Flight Centre? Yeah, if, if, I, if I look at the way they're trading, I like um, I prefer the chart of Flight Centre at this point in time. That oh. looks, looks like it's got a bit of, bit of upside. Qantas seems to be hitting a brick wall, same with Webjet as well. Um, and yeah, and corporate travel's slowing down. Um, yeah, so probably you know, Flight Centre at, at, at this point in time. Hmm. Uh, Francesco, what do you think of corporate travel? Yeah, look, we, we like the business, um, and the analyst does have a, a positive recommendation on it, but I, I'm going to say that I, I think it's more of a hold now, particularly where the share price has got to over the last couple of months, because um, it's getting around the valuation anyway, so it has been a while since uh, he's released on it. So I'm going to say hold on this one. Um, I, I look, out of all the business models that forget the share prices, um, I think this one would probably, um, from an earnings perspective, um, would be able to recover a lot quicker than some of the others, uh, mainly because it is corporate um, and and less um, less uh, recap. Um, what will happen is when when people do start to travel again, most most of the, I think the recovery will come from business to begin with. Um, businesses want to get up and running and um, you know visiting customers and clients and having meetings face to face. So so um, the you know all these large corporates have agreements with travel companies like corporate travel and um, you know when they do travel they need to use those in you know those organizations um, whereas with the retail side of things so let's use flight center as an example I, I think the retail you know there's going to be those sort of people that will just jump on a plane straight away um, but then there's a larger group that will hold back a little bit longer so the recovery for, for things like a flight center I think will be a little bit slower on their earnings but then, then you've got to consider their share price. And, and I think corporate travel share price um, is, is probably fully valued now. So I'd be on a hold. Yeah. And it's quite interesting, just from a bit of experience over the last week or so, people might have a desire to travel until you get into the practicalities of it. Uh, and it's not just the different tests you've got to have and keep in the back of mind to travel. Um, but it's getting tra- travel insurance at the moment is to be covered by COVID or to have, have COVID covering your travel insurance is really difficult at the moment. Um, and a lot of families, I know we've, we've just been, we've got a, um, a daughter getting married next year, supposedly in, well, not supposedly, she's in love. I'm not going to put the mockers on the, uh, on the fiancé, but we're all planning on going to the wedding and with a tribe of grandkids, uh, you, you really do get a bit nervous with the outbreaks in Europe and also not having yes. travelling uh, medical insurance that covers COVID while you're away. Well, it's interesting because... Um yeah, what used to happen was you, 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 your credit card generally gave you travel insurance when you yep. paid for your ticket or paid for something. Um, it'd be interesting. I haven't looked into this, but it'd be interesting oh. to see what the, the credit card is doing with the travel insurance as well, uh, whether you are covered. Um, but on the flip side on that, using a travel agent, I mean, a lot of people that will travel initially are generally fairly experienced. Um, so they tend to book their own. Uh, it's those that are in between. Uh, but maybe they will use a travel agent because if something does go wrong with COVID, then they can ring someone to, to help them sort things out. So, so I'm sort of a little bit up in the air how all, the, all this is going to work out. Um, hence why I prefer the corporate travel because um, you, you know, most yeah. large corporates will have a travel agency attached and anyone that wants to go somewhere will book a flight through that yeah. agency anyway. Yeah, yeah. And, and travelling for businesses, when you're when you just do it yourself is a bit different to, than taking a tribe away. Um, yeah, yes. that's how I, I, I was just amazed all the different issues that now come up, which we, we took for granted before yeah. COVID that it was easy to get travel insurance and disruption and all of that sort of thing. It's a lot more difficult. Um, Kelly, uh, Michael wants a view on Alliance Aviation. 
uh, during COVID. I think Alliance was the world's most profitable airline. Um, you can't really... It's sort of an airline with a difference. It's a, a contract and charter airline. Um, Qantas owns a 19% stake in it. BHP is one of its uh, biggest customers, and it provides flights to uh, mining areas for fly-in, fly-out workers and, and also leases some of its planes to some of the big airlines. It's quite an interesting business model, isn't it? And uh, it's done all right during COVID where every other airline has really hit the skids. Yeah, and um, and it's expected to continue to do well as again as we you know reopen and and workers fly around the country and um, and and so on. But um, this is another one of those um, sort of businesses where you'd expect it to continue to benefit, but for some reason the share price has been heading south since oh. since April. So I just wonder if um, you know the, the share price is basically factoring in. Uh, all of this, uh, you know, potential reopening. So, yeah, it seems to be on the skids a little bit. The share price. I mean, not in a, not in a great way. But yeah. um, last I, uh, last two weeks, it's had sort of a bit, bit of a bounce. bounce. Yeah. So, look, I, I'd be happy to keep an eye on it um, because I think it's got the ingredients to do well. But um, you know, maybe it'll get a bit cheaper. Okay. So a hold, but not a buy at this. Yeah. Okay, Francesco. What's the uh, the odds view on Alliance? Well, odds are going to buy on it, and, and, and you know you're quite right. You know everyone expected airlines to struggle during COVID, and they did. Um, and you mentioned you know uh, you know it's you know one of the profitable. I think it probably find it's the only profitable airline um, um, in the world, maybe. Um, if there are any others, I'd be interested to see who they are. Um, so what happened during COVID was obviously commercial flights um, were grounded. Um, so a lot of your large miners, and you mentioned BHP, uh, with their fly-in, fly fly-out staff, uh, instead of taking commercial flights to a main centre and then using um, their alliance uh, flights to, to go to the mines and so forth, um, you know, large miners were striking up contracts with the alliance to go you know, from, from main, main centres to, to the mines. So yeah. uh, it, it just increased their airtime significantly. Um, I, I think a lot of these were... You know, probably priced in for longer term as well, because I, I don't think the mines, um, and, I, and I use the word, uh, you know, use mines as an example, but there are others. Um, I don't think they want to get caught out if there's another another wave of COVID, so they blocked in uh, longer term contracts uh, for this, um, you know, for for, it's for for much greater hours in the air. So um, our guys got to buy on it. We still we still like the stock, and this I I, I think this. Uh, you know, share price re- retraction, I'll call it. Uh, it's great, it's created some good buying opportunities for investors. Uh, I like the stock, it's well managed. Um, they've just raised some money. Uh, I will, you know, declare that boards were involved in the capital raising for them, uh, and that is to increase their fleet size. Yeah, because they um, didn't they buy, they buy bought some um, surplus Virgin planes and things like that, didn't they? They sort of stocked up a. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they stocked up. And, and, you know, when things are uh, tough, that's when you probably pick up things in the bargain. So um, they're, they're doing quite well. But, you know, we were impressed with the management, the way that, well, Lead's a good example, is, you know, instead of going out and buying planes when everyone else is, uh, they're buying planes when, uh, um, you know, people are, uh, people are selling them. Yeah, and they're on the cheap. Um, I love one analyst said this isn't as lucrative as software as a service, but this is an aircraft as a service <laughs> business model, is it? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's a bespoke service, if you like. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and previously, as I mentioned, you know, fly and fly out workers would fly to the major centre, let's say Perth. Uh, and then, then take a, a, an alliance flight out of Perth up to one of the mines. Uh, now they might go from, you know, from Adelaide to the mine directly, yeah. or from Sydney to, you know, um, to, to Adelaide and pick up a few people on the way, and, and then go up to the mine. So, yep. so I think um, you know, the increased airtime is, is going to be beneficial. Yeah, yeah, too right. It's a great model. All right, Tim wants to view uh, Michael on Coles, the big uh, supermarket chain, which it and Woolies were the, the darlings of the early lockdowns, but have now 
sort of come pulled back a bit and they've uh, released earnings and financial updates. They're starting to see that supply chain issue come through and also inflation and costs. Yeah, look, I think um, I think there are better opportunities in, in the rest of the market. They they had the ben- you know, they were the beneficiaries, as you say, of the lockdowns, but that's that's over and we're you know, we're eating less at home and, and going out a bit more. Um, and I think that generally in an environment where the, the broader economy is still improving, you can do better in, in cyclical stocks. So that, I mean, that's been our view for a while and we could see that the coal share price actually hasn't made any progress mm. over the last year um, while the rest of the market has, has moved forward. So um, I think one positive in, in terms of the inflationary story, you know, potentially a little bit of inflation might help these supermarkets if they could pass on those costs right. um, because we know that and in the, broaden the margin yep. yeah exactly we know in the past that cost deflation has been a problem um, for for the supermarkets so look that that's a positive but I just think it's outweighed by the other opportunities in the market yeah. um, so I'd be I'd, yeah. yeah I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be, be the cost. Uh, do you have the same view on Woolies yeah pretty much well? pretty much the same thing right because yeah. a lot of people got into Woolies to get a stake in uh, the Endeavour split off didn't it? So yeah. now that that's done and gone, um, yeah, I think yeah, I think that's fully fully priced up here. And right, okay. um, as I said, as the you know, as the economy continues to pick up, I think the the share market in general has another mm. sort of good twelve months ahead of it. So I think there's other oh. opportunities. Also. Oh, I like the sound of that. I'm starting to get a bit bit nervous of the share prices at these levels. Uh, Francesco, what do you think of Woolies? Uh, Woolies, we don't mind, but Coles, we... Uh, oh, Coles, sorry. We've got to hold on Coles. And in fact, our, our analysts put out a, uh, a paper just recently to suggest that um, switching from Coles to, to Woolworths and or Medcash. Um, and, and look, you know, from a point of view of the sector, we, we think the sector's uh, very defensive. Um, you know, and it's got a fairly favourable backdrop as well. Michael mentioned uh, inflation. If we start to see food inflation, uh, you know, supermarkets benefit from that. Um, during the lockdown, as Michael mentioned, that the supermarkets benefited from you know, people eating more at home. Um, we're starting to see things open up a bit more, so people are starting to dine out. But I think that might replace a lot of takeaway because we did see. Um, a lot of uh, takeaway increase over that period of time as well. So I'm not sure how that will play out, whether you know it's just going to replace some of the takeaways um, or it'll replace some of that eating from home. But uh, you know, from our point of view, I think you know, a supermarket is something that you know, a good uh, long-term investment portfolio should have in it uh, because of the, the qualities it has. Um, our preference would be more worse out of uh, out of the, the, the three, uh, but saying that Metcash would present a little bit more growth because it's only trading on about 15, 16 times earnings, I think, at the moment, where Woolies and Coles are up closer to the 20. I think Coles might have to be over 20 times earnings, so it does look reasonably expensive. For that okay, so a hold on Coles. And our, Coles. our final stock, um, uh, Francesco Shabir, wants a view on Plexure Group. I hadn't sort of come across Plexure before, but it's a, uh, basically a, a marketing company, isn't it, that focuses on, um, um, on, on digital marketing for, uh, for bigger organisations. Um, is it a, a bit like an advertising agency? Sorry? Yeah, they call it a customer engagement company. Right, uh, yeah. For yeah. want of a new term, if you like. Uh, uh, yeah, they, they offer a lot of personalisation software. So, um, you know, for uh, consumers to be able to use their phone, if you like, uh, and personalise the, the, the messages they get from various retail or consumer outlets. So, um, yeah, they, they, they listed recently. Uh, and again, I'm going to disclose that we were involved in, in this uh, this listing as well. We, we've got a whole recommendation on it at the moment. Um, we, we expect it to become cash flow positive by 2024. And as you can appreciate with these types of companies, um, when, when they're in development phase, um, you know, they're not making profits. They're, they're, they're sinking their, their funds into, um, you know, developing for future profits. So that's what's happening here. 
Um, they do have uh, McDonald's as, as a client, and that was their key cornerstone client uh, to begin with. Um, so they're, they're, I think they're, they're, you know, their aim is to build on that. So, um, look, interesting company. Um, it's another marketing-type company, as you put it, but um, it, it, it's obviously in the, the new-age-type marketing where the marketing becomes more and more targeted to the consumer. Um, a lot of work involved in the technology in that, a lot of smarts. So companies are investing in that area. Um, I, yeah, I think just watch your space. Okay. And they recently did a capital raise to take over uh, another group, adding to it. So on the acquisition trail, uh, but a horrible 12 months chart, uh, yeah. Michael, is that? <laughs> yeah, look, I think it's, um, yeah, as Francesco mentioned, a very interesting company. For me, it's, it'd be too early yeah. to, to invest. Um, well, I mean, firstly, because it is in a downtrend and I like to pay attention to that first. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd like to just see see how this company develops, how it can grow its customer base. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, start to, to get closer to profitability um, and then we'll see where we end up. Um, I guess one, you know, one risk is perhaps like what we've seen with businesses like Appen where they provided services to a lot of larger companies, but then those larger companies then just brought those services in-house. Right. Yeah. So, you know, McDonald's, Quarterstone uh, customer, what would happen if a big company like McDonald's just says, you know what, we'll just start to do this this ourselves. Okay, so, right, yeah. look, I think there's there's risks out there. You know, there's always risk rewards, but um, I think at the moment there's just a little bit too much risk for, okay. for my point of view. All right. All right, that's our 10 stocks for today. Francesco, to start us from Ords, great to see you, mate. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of the week. Good to see you, mate. And Michael Gable from uh, Fairmont Equities, Fairmont Securities. Great to see you. Thank you. Uh, let's just recap uh, the final five stocks. Uh, Capital Health, uh, a yes from both uh, Michael and Francesco, and that goes into the calls portfolio as a result. Uh, corporate travel, a hold from both. Michael prefers uh, Flight Centre if you're looking at any of the um, travel opening type stocks. Uh, Alliance, a hold from Michael and a buy from Francesco. Coles, a no from um, Michael, a hold from Francesco. And the same with Plexure. Uh, that's our show for today. If you've got any stocks you'd uh, like us to have a look at, it's as simple as putting them in an email to us and uh, emailing the call at Osbiz. Uh, .com.au and we'll get around to them um, or, or if you want to suggest some stocks through Twitter use the at Ausbiz TV handle and you can see all of the stocks in the calls portfolio head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio uh, great to have your company today catch the same time at midday eastern for another edition of the call Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.